Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, man, this is going to be a show. Start it <laughs> up. We're off to a very good start. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very low-key, very inauspicious beginning. <laughs> Thanks, Vote. You know what? Vote always has to I got you. That's why, man. I'm ready to go. I'm telling you. I love it. Um, we had some technical difficulties, so the moment's, the moment's ruined. <laughs> No, was, I'm no longer in the mood. Yeah, dude. Like, it was such a good the mood passed. Oh, oh, it was so, dude. I just want to think back to that previous opening. You should have seen. We did a whole five minutes before realizing we were not live. We, and had it was, no we, had, we were laughing. The banter was unbelievable. Um, in all seriousness, though, I'm excited to get through this one because, you know, we did do our immediate reactions to the show afterwards. And those, you know, while entertaining and insightful in their own way, there, it's always nice to be able to go back and rewatch the game and really diagnose and dissect the little details of it. Was able to do that today. So we're going to give you some hangover takes. We're also going to give you some notebook takes and then step back once again and just try to analyze where the Nuggets are at four games into the playoffs. To help me do that, I've got the man full of ridicule. It's D-line. <laughs> Chock full of ridicule. Chock full. <laughs> That's right. Overflowing. Who wants some? You'll get it. Don't even worry. <laughs> Doesn't matter who wants it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Everybody's I hope you don't want it. This. I hope you don't want it. You're getting it. <laughs> Definitely not. And then yesterday it was D-line in the flannel. Today it's Brennan Vogt. <sighs> Man, I got nothing for that. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, I thought I just got nothing. Really? Uh, it's comfy, though. I like no. this flannel. I like it too, man. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm a fan of flannels. I'm a fan of flannels. To me, me, I got my pins and aces on. Oh, yeah, so little pins the official, and aces. Uh, golf <laughs> per- promo early per- on. Um, all right. So Nuggets obviously dropped yesterday, 114-108 in overtime. Let's start with the hangover, Kale. Do you have there it is. There it is. No Harrison Wind, who's literally hungover yeah, at the moment he's, flying we, in. Did we check on the roof? Did we check on the, he might be on the roof. <laughs> oh my god, where's Doug? Um but he'll be joining us, uh, you know, obviously later in the week. Can't wait to hear his perspective on all of this. But, um, you know, now that you've had a chance to go home and sleep, Eric. <laughs> well, first off, that's a pretty big assumption. I that is Mark. a big assumption. <laughs> Actually, you look, you look like you haven't slept. Have you not slept? Uh, you look really bad. Yeah. Is that? Have you been crying? <laughs> have you been crying? Yeah. <laughs> no, do you have any? So what, do you, what is your day after take? Uh, my day after take is pretty similar to my night of take. Is I that just, because it was like six hours ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've, I've done no self-reflection or any reflection of any other kind. But, um, you know, I, I was not that upset about the game being lost last night. I'm still not that upset about it. I just think... Um, this is just the what to expect when you're playing an NBA playoff series. It's just like ebbs and flows. The you know, uh, RG brought up um, 
a year ago today was the Bones game, mm. where Bones came out and like almost single handedly won a game for the Denver Nuggets against the Golden State Warriors. At that moment, we were like, "Okay, we're back." We were not back. <laughs> were, were we that way last year? A little we bit. Back? I mean, you just we had a feeling of like, "Okay, well, it's not impossible." Man, I'll tell you this: the post game commentary. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it though. Even from Anthony Edwards. Not getting swept is such a big deal. I mean, we all know deal, we got man. swept by the Suns. It freaking stuck in our cross still to this day. There's so many things like that when you are talking about a player or a team or something. Yeah. There are certain phrases you can yep. use to completely discredit them. Yep. Like when they're like, oh, I swept in the first round. And, and you're like, well, I guess I'm. that's it for me. But the <laughs> Nuggets weren't swept. Like This is the thing. is Even a sweep in the second round is whatever because you won a playoff game that year. It just happened to come in the previous round, and then you get swept. But like the Warriors last year, if they would have gotten swept in the first round, it would have been just so much more meaningfully worse to me. It would have felt so much worse. So the Bones game, to me, when you said we're back in it, it's not how I felt. I felt like what I heard from the Wolves in the post game, which was, we didn't get swept. Yeah. yeah. We avoided the sweep. And like, are we back in the series? Not really. But... Yeah. We didn't get swept. And yep. Anthony even said, Anthony Edwards even said, my goal is to never be swept. Yeah. I, I want to never be swept, which is a great goal. I loved it. I actually really, I mean, obviously on the Nuggets end of it, it's different. Kind of glad they were up 3-0 so that to some extent I could enjoy Ant's night. Like he was awesome. And I think the, the commentary is awesome. Just cool to see a young player kind of, that quote's cool, and stepping up to the moment and making it happen. Having said that, wish Denver could have shut him down, of course. But... I thought it was cool, actually, that the Wolves fans celebrated that one. As you guys said, this you are hilarious to me because you're right. Wolves fans maybe have it worse than anybody else in the NBA. They might be the saddest franchise in all oh, of the NBA. Dude, you gotta sell it. But you're hilarious in your sympathy towards the enemy. No, 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 no. I just, I, I get it. Like as you said, the Sun <laughs> the sweep was the worst thing, and the yeah. one against the Warriors felt great. But yeah, yeah. This is what I mean, though. I agree with you that it kind of felt like that was their big goal. I'm not worried about the rest of the series. Well, of course not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a while before I think you get worried about the, those types of things. But it is funny to me. I'm I'm with you though. I'm making fun of you, vote. But I'm the same way. There are teams that like. Wait, if you I play, thought I was full of ridicule. No, well, I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> bullying over here. Just let me bully. A little bully. I'm, I'm just saying. If you if we swept the Suns, I would love for their fans to feel absolutely horrible. Like it would be the greatest oh, yeah. feeling to be like, oh man, imagine how miserable they all are. Yeah. But like I'm with you on Timberwolves. One, I know a handful of Timberwolves people. They are nice. I enjoy them or whatever. I don't really have any beefs, like specific beefs. And then number two, they are just so perpetually down bad that there is this thing of like, all right, they got yeah, one. Yeah. Wolves in seven. It was right. overtime. Yeah, yeah, you get your yeah. which I was impressed you with. Get you tonight. know, you get I like the resolve in the yeah. face of zero odds. Yeah. Like, I mean, how come no one treats us with these kid gloves? We're down, we've been down bad for fifty years, and we got sons in four. Yeah. People love mopping the floor with the goddamn really nuggets. I'm, really not, I'm not with this. You know what? <laughs> Any Wolves fans that are watching, I hope you had a terrible night last night. <laughs> I hope after the Wolves won, you stubbed your toe. I mean, listen, I'm. I that's what I want. Game five to go like. For sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Now yeah. I want the Denver fans to have their night yeah. and say Nuggets in five. And yeah, let's be honest, man. I, there are like, the more you s remove yourself from all of it, the more it's just like there are some real positives that come from this. The Nuggets are by no means perfect in this first round. They have not played perfectly. I, later in the show, I'll get to all the very specifics on rewatch. I have some notebook notes here. We'll kind of comb through. But this does give them another opportunity to be more perfect. Yeah. And I really uh. do think there's something to the speed of play in the playoffs can't be replicated in practice it can't be replicated in imagination it can only be played through and one more rep of that before going to a bigger test 
perfect. I think it's good for a lot of people, including and especially Jamal Murray. What else Hangover takes here? That, that was a big one of mine as I slept on it. The sweep is what we all wanted. Don't need to switch up it's on that. Fun. Would have been optimal, but this might not be the worst thing in the world. Yep. Um, they're not going to lose this series. I will walk back to New Jersey on my bare feet if they do. That's a <sighs> that's a mortal lock. Um, and I think getting it kind of like the third quarter. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for everyone to look at that film, particularly Jamal, and say, hey, like that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and I do wonder if they had just swept them and had a whole week off, if that's the kind of game they come out with to start round two. Whereas I think now they get a wake-up call. The perfect scenario, the best team doesn't need a wake-up call. I agree with that. But I don't know if this is the worst thing, especially if they come back and just take care of business in front of their fans. And then there might be even more momentum, you know, just in the city going forward. I also just think you get momentum. Like, you want to win on a positive note. I do think if Denver would have eked out that win, that was a bad game. And they kind of, I don't want to say got lucky, because they played well and they made shots, and Denver can do that in the clutch. And they played a great clutch game. But if they would have won that one, you would be going into the next round on a bad game. And I just, I don't know if it really matters, but it was something to be like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'll say one of my big takes on rewatches, I thought Yoke defensively was a lot better than I thought live. And the Nuggets were not good in pick and roll, but I actually, and some of it was Jokic, don't get me wrong. He had some, he had some things where he just missed the read or was playing down the court a little bit too much when he needed to be up the court more. But I actually thought his defense is not the one that stood out. I'll tell you about who stood out a little bit oh. more later on in the show. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that one. It's but when tease. I went back, I was much more business. impressed with, with Jokic and sort of how he played. Yeah. And then the minus 14 or whatever he was, I think it was a 14-0 run. Like It actually was all one one continuous run of that third quarter that made that that gap. Outside of that, you know, things I thought were okay. Um, what else? Hangover takes here. Um, Do you see anything on the timeline that bothered you last night? Not or? really. I, I, to be honest, like, I mean, there were, I saw a couple of people reacting to the general notion that people were upset about the game. But I actually didn't really see that much. I, I was looking through, like, people are kind of, I thought, I don't know, they were pretty, like, appropriately measured. Right. I didn't see, like, anybody calling for firings, which I appreciated. I didn't see anybody uh, slandering Jokic, which I appreciated. I, you know, it's just I think um, we are just in such uncharted territory that people kind of don't know how to act. You know what I mean? You're just kind, sort of like kind of. But I'm with you when you say that, though. You're saying people did act well, and I'm with you. Well, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, not to say like they don't know how to act in that they're acting the fool. Right. It's just they're just like. Uh, (laughs) Because I I feel the exact same way in that I saw a lot of comments about how people shouldn't be overreacting. But I I didn't actually see any overreacting. Sometimes that reaction is actually anticipatory. (laughs) And we do that a lot as media. We're like, hey, everyone chill out. They're like, like, you saw one guy kind (laughs) of retweet something. I... I, um, my One of my hangover takes, I actually am just... Is a double down on last night's, which is, I think... Denver fell into MVP ball, and that sounds mm. like a good thing, but I don't think it is for Denver. I just don't. You know, Denver had to play through the MVP for two years. Like I said last night, we kind of hated it. The awards were cool, but good God, we couldn't wait for more. And I just think it was as Jokic realized they weren't going to get it done, I got to go score 40 tonight. I think guys, the offense grew more stagnant. Porter Jr. in particular, who I was saying, oh, he should have been more involved. There was a lot of standing and watching. There was a lot of waiting for the MVP to do his thing. And I think some of the, not only was the ball sticking, but 
feet were sticking. Guys weren't moving. And I just thought there was Come on the court. kind of a lifelessness to it all. Jamal had a lot to do with that, I thought, which we'll talk about. But as Jokic went into MVP mode, I thought guys around him reverted into stand and watch mode a little too much. Yeah. I will say, I on rewatch, I didn't feel like they were relying on Jokic too much. Jokic had five threes in this game. Yeah. 15 points. If you take that away, he had 28 points, which is kind of an average Yoke game, right? And usually he doesn't hit a three, or if he does, he hits one. To get five, and they were a lot of grenades. It wasn't like, oh, they went through him this play. It was nothing happened. Let's see what Yoke's got. Heave a three, three. Knock it down. And he gets up to 43. But So I just, I mean, I wouldn't mind them going to Yoke more because I feel like he has it, and I feel like he's picked his spots in this one. Well, I mean, him scoring is not bad. I just think other guys have to avoid the trap of... Like, oh, this is a yoke possession. Yeah. It's a yoke possession, but if you cut, it might become a you possession. In some ways, I feel like this was the first game. I mean, sometimes you don't make major adjustments until you lose, mm. and then you make an adjustment. And I do feel like there was a little bit of Denver has some things, some minor adjustments. They're not like major rotational adjustments or, hey, we're a different identity now. It's just little things like, okay, now here's how we free up a Michael Porter a little bit better. Here's how we free up a Jamal Murray when Nikhil Alexander-Walker is not being, you're not being able yes. to screen him and stuff. Yep. So it's little tweaks like that that I just don't think Denver has had to do. And now it's probably smart of them to try to, to go to some of those. So um, we'll kind of get there. Is there anything else before we get to the notebook? Is there anything else that's just sort of general, general takes? Mm. I am somewhat worried about Jamal, just in that he looks so tired already yeah. and that this is so grueling. But one of the notes I had in the grades that I liked that you just touched on was, you know, Jamal could make life easier for himself. I think the team and the staff could too. You know, it's the modern NBA. A lot of teams are able to get switches when they want, right? Yep. A series of timely screens. So true. And you no longer have to deal with Walker Alexander. He is, Murray is Alex killing the non-Nikhil Alexander-Walker minutes. Alexander-Walker. Or, or like not even minutes. So just when you get a switch, when he right. does get a switch, he's killing Mike Conley. He's killing Everyone whoever else. But, but, so, but to your point, though, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, part of what makes him so freaking valuable is he is so hard to screen. He is he's doing a great tiny, job. Man. He's doing a great job. But I just wonder if there are little... Just little things they can do to like maybe the key is trying to get him off of Murray to begin with. Maybe there's more that they can extract there in terms of value. And I'll try to get a, a list together because I just went through the rewatch, but I didn't cut any clips. I'll probably go back through now and cut some clips and put some kind of thing together, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube or both or or something with just some plays that stand out. But the difficulty in getting and again, I don't think Denver has an eye on we need to get him switched off. I just think it's like you run your actions and hope yep. that he gets and switched he off this yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in game five, I do think Denver will come up with a little bit more of, hey, if they're going to be this aggressive with him, then there's things you can do to kind of counter right. counter pull that in the direction. So I definitely feel like there's good things, positive things ahead. Um, Jeff Green has had, I don't want to say a good series, but Jeff Green has not been a negative. In fact, he's been a big positive just in terms of plus minus in large part because of how bad their bench unit is. They just don't have a lot of guys. But Jeff Green, I think, has made some positive contributions. In last night's game, zero points, two rebounds, two assists. A little bit of a, this is what happens when the productivity is not there for Jeff. Everything gets lowered just a little bit. And I do think he needs to rebound better. There was a bunch of 50-50 yep. balls he missed. And then offensively, be in position to punish in some capacity. Zero points in 18 minutes and just two rebounds. That's a whole lot of just not contributing in anything. And again, I, 
it's not necessarily anything bad, but you got to have something positive that you're contributing I to agree. the team. Yeah. Pleasant, pleasant surprise on defense, though, I have to add. I mean, there have been low lights for sure, but for the most part, Jeff Green has has done a good job coming in, playing defense off the bench, including at sometimes on Cat. So I think it's mostly been like a positive contribution for him, all things considered. You're, you're right. His defense has been good. And then Christian Brown, 13 minutes, zero points, two rebounds, one assist. So you get 31 minutes from those two guys, four rebounds and zero points. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Brown's been kind of up and down. Like I, he's that's yeah. not. It's not. It, I mean, he not, doesn't ever seem like he's playing badly or or playing well necessarily. But it's it's crazy that he's not been contributing offensively. He got no points last night. That's unreal. Zero from him and Jeff. It's wilder than just four rebounds. That's a that's pretty interesting. And then you even go to KCP, a guy with five points. That's another guy who. You know, he still does other things, KCP does. But it's just like when you have three guys that all score well below yep. their average, it's like, okay. Yep. KCP had a rough night, I thought. I thought there were a handful of defensive possessions where I just expect so much more from him. And, Everybody, yeah. and he missed a lot of those shots. He biffed that Jokic highlight. I kind of just thought it was one of Man, the, you're right. That, that was a bad one. It was just one of those rare nights where usually KCP, whether he produces or not, it's like, okay, well, you did the right things. You were in the right spots. Your head was in the game. I thought by his standards it was kind of a, a disjointed performance. Dude, everybody now that I'm thinking about it, like everybody had kind of a bad night, except for maybe Jokic. Grades were not kind, I'll tell you that. Yeah, like there, there wasn't Jokic really was way better on rewatch. Which yeah. is almost always the case. Yeah. He's the one player that He's I was, incredible. You wanna know who else actually one last thing if people are gonna get mad at me for this. I have so much I can't believe I'm this guy. Rudy Gobert, I think, has the worst luck in the world. He's the only him and Mike Conley are the only guys on that team that are not complete dumbasses. I mean this. Like Nikhil Alexander Walker does a lot of good things as well. You know, obviously I've been praising him. But when you watch it, Gobert does so much of the like orchestrating where to be and saving everyone and do all this stuff. And then it always looks bad on him in the end. Like he the, that team, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't made a good read in this entire series. Not one possession has he made a good read on either end of the floor. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gobert's always doing this stuff and TC from uh the Twin Cities, it says we're lucky that Nas yeah. and... Uh, Bare, barely beating the Wolves. We're barely beating the Wolves. <laughs> oh. That's sweet, man. Oh, just a tough talk. Oh, go back. Hey, dude, go back to class. Yeah, like algebra classes. Is a, a, listen, man, a, we've been there. Insane assertion. Yeah, we actually have been there. We know how you feel, we, man. That's we right. got yeah. one, and we were missing some yeah, guys. Get your, get your yeah, delay yeah, talk in. Do what in. you gotta do, man. I understand. Uh, I understand. Cope however you have to. Um, no, but uh, Gobert, it's funny, man. I just watch him, and I'm, every time when you really break down what's going on, you're like, Gobert's saving this mistake, this mistake, this really? mistake. But yet, he's the least liked of all of them. He's so much more impactful <laughs> than half of their roster. And everyone just hates him. He just hates him because he sucks because he has no hands. and like oh, He can't make simple he's jump hooks. He's a big clumsy guy. But as far as knowing what's going on and how you're supposed to do everything, he's always locked in and it's, it's kind of funny. It's really, it's really a great lesson in how like no matter how much we pretend to be nuanced and smart basketball fans, if you have no bag, we hate yeah, you. Yeah, we hate you. We hate your <laughs> Anthony guts. Anthony Edwards can make a million mistakes, yeah. but his bag is so <laughs> deep like, and so, se so sexy. Yeah. You're like, Rudy, catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Like, yeah. Anyway, let's take a break on the other side. I got a bunch of notebook notes we're going to oh, go into. Oh, yeah. You guys want to talk about Bacchus and Shanker? Colorado's premier, premier, premier two-man game. Bacchus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been doing it for 25 years. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients in Colorado. But here's the neat part. They didn't charge their clients in Colorado until they made sure that they won their case, that they won them money. 
So a lot of people don't check in with lawyers because just doing that is an expensive and arduous process. With Bacchus and Shanker, it's free until you've won. Uh, they've got neighborhood locations or offices, I should say, in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. They have over 30 lawyers and 100 folks on staff. Bacchus and Schenker help with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Schenker wins, baby. And, oh, we haven't talked about FOCO in a while. Ooh, let's uh, do it. Do we have some FOCO stuff up here on the set? Anywhere? Yes, we do. The We have... Any of the like elaborate bobbleheads all come from Foco. Yeah, Foco makes a lot of the really cool, crafty, like I would say high-end man-woman cave kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Most definitely. They're the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They're uh, officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. We like to decorate our set with them, of course. They always have our uh, has our back for Colorado sports. They have your back too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR. That's us. You get ten oh, percent okay. off. Good job. There you go. Um, all right, back here. A couple little statistical notes here. I'm gonna rave a lot about Nikhil Alexander Walker because I think he's just so good. He has a minus seven overall. They're down three games to one, and he's played a majority of the minutes. And was outscored by 30 points in game one. Yep. And yet only a minus seven there. That just shows you how big of a difference he has. And then if you look at Jamal Murray goes off in game two. Well, that's the game that they... Nagil starts game one. Doesn't start game two. They put Torian Prince in there. Gets absolutely lit up by Jamal Murray. And then back in there, Murray's been pedestrian since. I think that it would be great. The best thing that can come out of Game 5 is Jamal Murray solving Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And we've seen this with Jokic before. He's been like medium mediocre or up and down and inconsistent in a series until it switches where you're like, oh, Yoke has it figured out. And he just crushes every single game or whatever. For me, this would be Jamal Murray in the series where mm. he's had some really high highs. But I do think that this is a challenge that as of yet, he and the Nuggets as a whole, there's things the Nuggets can do, haven't, haven't solved yet. And the numbers bear it out. Minus seven, playing as many minutes as he has. He's playing, uh, he's played 109 minutes. Is that right? 109 minutes. And basically as an even in the series, but you're down three games to one. It's crazy, it's man. It's crazy. And did we confirm it was the Torian Prince game that Murray went for 40? That I mean, was game two. That was game two? Yeah. I mean, that's that's black and white right there. That's night yeah. and day. This but guy's making a difference, man. Torian Prince, by the way, the second worst plus minus. You know who the worst one is? Uh, you would guess, right, if you guessed. Carol Anthony Towns. He's the worst one. He's minus thirty-seven. That's Absolutely sucks. And he like, <laughs> and he's playing with the starters. Who their starters minutes have actually been okay. These long, rangy, you know, smart defenders have given Murray trouble. You know, I wonder what the solution is for him. Obviously, he has to just be better, like on a face value level. But so much of it is just dribbling, 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 and and trying to turn the corner. And I just wonder if the key is maybe just moving a little quicker. Well, I do think when we think about perfect roster construction going forward. I've always said Denver would be smart to have a great secondary ball handler, but especially if that came from a wing position. I would love, I mean, Joe Ingles is the guy I always bring up because he's one of my guys that I just love. But that mold of player where if you get a guy like this, one of my notes I have in here, and I'll cut some clip of this, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is face guarding Murray to a ridiculous degree. A ridiculous degree. Ball's on the whole other side. Low yoke doesn't have it. Just goes to Aaron Gordon in the quarter, and you, and you know you jog through. Nikhil Alexander Walker's like chest to chest on him in a way where it's like zero help. 
And you're thinking that's a huge emphasis because Jamal Murray is such a head of the snake in terms of who can just initiate the offense. Right. And I think there's going to be things Denver has to do. Now, number one, Bruce Brown maybe can be a little bit of that guy. Maybe Denver experiments with their rotation and where Bruce comes in early for KCP. I don't, that's one way. The other way is have Aaron Gordon be the initiator because mm. I don't think they have guys that can pressure him properly. He's not a great ball handler if you have somebody that can pressure, like a Dylan Brooks or something like that. But I don't think they do. I think he's going to be able to bring the ball up against that pressure. So I think that's one way to get Murray off. He's using up so much energy just dribbling the ball up the court yeah. against this dude. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's... And just like thinking about <laughs> reflecting on the game, yeah, it's like Murray has a hard time getting over even the half-court line. Right. And then, and then he's just like trying to get off like going from side to side like trying to use screens not really be able being able to do it the, yeah the offense is not starting up at all uh yeah that is interesting like it would be it seems like just having him not bring the ball up the court and then being but denver to, doesn't have great secondary that, ball handlers that's, the, that's thing. the thing that that's actually what they gave up in that trade for kcp and i worth it i'm not trying to relitigate but will barton yeah Bar barton and monte could handle the ball yep. and run a pick and roll in a way like in terms of as secondary ball handlers monte of course will was underrated in this that was yep. the benefit he gave yep. this team and you know they're better as currently constructed but if murray is struggling with a matchup or hurt who is the other you really can't you don't put the ball in KCP's hands that way you know he's right. just not that kind of that kind of guard so i think you're seeing it and bruce who has mostly had a pretty good series, zero assist to one turnover last night, 25 minutes. Yeah. He's just not a great point guard. So I, I think that's a big part of it is you're seeing just the limit of ball handlers on this team right now. And I think it has actually been brewing over the, the, both of those games. But again, Denver, I don't think, needed to make adjustments because they hadn't lost. Right. And now there are things I think you can do to free that up. We'll get to some of them. One thing they can do is... I think you need to use Aaron Gordon flare screening for Michael Porter a lot more. So one thing that's happening, and they finally made the decision to put Carl Anthony Towns on Jokic and use Gobert on Aaron Gordon. And it's smart. I thought Denver would be a little bit better at attacking that, and they haven't been. And one reason, and the easiest way I think you can get to this, I'll have a good clip of this uh, later on today, but using, if you have Aaron Gordon in the corner or in the dunker, which is his natural spot when you're running like a pick and roll, and then you have Michael Porter on a wing, which is his natural spot, Basically, you have Gobert just playing rim protector, ignoring Aaron Gordon as much as he can. If right when the pick and roll, the center pick and roll happens, or the side pick and roll going towards the center happens, which is how Denver runs it, as soon as he's attacking the paint, Gobert's in the paint there ready to step up, I think that you need to have an automatic trigger and proper timing to get Aaron Gordon screening on Michael Porter's guy. Mm. Because what it ends up doing is taking out both. When a guy's cheating that far over, it takes out both defenders. Either Rudy Gobert's going to be a full-on help and ignore the flare screen coming, or he's going to have to be sucked into the flare screen and the paint's open. And right now, Denver has just had a lot of stagnant Aaron Gordon in the dunker or whatever, and I think it plays into their hands. So building in some set plays that hopefully lead to tendencies in a natural flow to me, it's the easiest thing you can do, and I think it just will naturally punish them a lot. Is there any chance, you know, is this something Denver is going to be slow to realize, or reluctant to like show their whole hand as they're up 3-0. To me, this is a thing that should be part of their natural flow. Part of what makes the Warriors the Warriors is these types of counters are almost ingrained in them. Right. They just like naturally know and their offense just it's very rare that the Warriors will get slowed down the way the Nuggets are. They just the ball moves, the players move and sometimes they're off and the timing's off and everything, but they're always doing it. And this is one to me where I think Denver can can up 
those types of things should be read in. But here's one thing I was thinking about a lot last night in regards to Murray and him solving Nikhil. I really do think the playoffs are where a player grows. Yep. I mean, the offseason, obviously, in the regular season, there's little pockets in there. But you can't replicate this level of play. It's nope. like training at max. Like most of the year you train at 50% or something, and then for a two-month stretch you trade at 100. You're going to get your biggest gains there. I just think that the Nuggets as a team can also get their biggest gains because they have to. Yeah. You go to the tape and you're f- looking at these things like, okay, I see that. This is where I'm going to scream. The timing's going to get more and more refined. Yeah, I mean, the, during the playoffs you see the same team over and over and over, and it really comes down to being able – it's like – it starts off like who has the better talent, and then you start to really study the other team. The other team makes adjustments. You make adjustments, and then it really becomes the, like the the execution of both strategy and talent like really come into play and like coalesce in such a way that you don't get in the regular season. I, I agree with you. It's like, can you exercise your mind? and your ability and your teamwork and all of these things have to work in concert and like yeah you become a better team because the the pressure is great i to me it's like oh the overall note that i just have is i I just don't i just again with this team this denver nuggets team they just they just need to feel it they just have to feel it and they just you know they came out so slow yesterday um, right, but there are there's little details. There are that are little interesting. things for sure. Here's the thing, and that's that, the, this is one of the troubles of being a daily podcaster is there's a lot of like, well, why are you guys even talking about this? They're going to win anyway. And it's like yes, they are, but it's still interesting to talk about the details of it because um, basketball is interesting. So yeah, face guarding Murray a lot, or, or first of all, that back screen I think is going to be huge. There's so many different. You think about you, I always talk about Michael Porter's favorite screen is that flare screen. So he always hits it, and if the defense goes over, he slips. It's right. going to be the same for this one where if instead of reading the over he needs to set the good screen but if gobert sucks in then he dives and he's going to dunk on right. gobert or, or, or around him great note, man. so there's there's things there and i just think they have to look at that read it and hopefully they get to a position where those two guys specifically are getting that action a lot um lot, the defense to me that was horrible that it was really bad lots of blow buys and one culprit in particular and it was jamal murray I think he was far and away the worst defender in this game on rewatch. And I didn't necessarily notice it, um, you know, the first time around. But there were sequences in this game in every quarter where there would be two, three, four possessions in a row where you stop and go, okay, where was the breakdown? And it was with Jamal Murray, whether it was on closeouts and just getting blown by, whether it was on pick and roll coverage that he didn't see as the weak, the guy on the weak side. And again, I think it comes back to your word, legs. I just think that he's so worn down that the effort it takes to be a good defender is not there for him. And it wasn't just one type of defense. It was all aspects of defense I thought he struggled with. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough when you watch Jamal Murray laboring out there. It is like you can feel it through the television screen. Just you can see him with his hands on his hips and just doubled over, you know. Um, you could feel it when he's trying to get up the court and it's just got going so slowly. He can't get around the screens. He can't shake free. Yeah. It just, he felt like he was stuck in the mud last night overall. Yeah. And you, I mean, I hate seeing that. Like I hate if it's a sort of a helpless feeling like, Oh man, we're not even talking about the intricacies of the offense and the flare screens and all the things that you're talking about. It's just like, we're talking about like this guy's just not fast enough tonight. Right. And but he might like then he'll come out and he'll be fast enough. Right. It's it's so strange. It's crazy. I thought in the first couple of games, you know, maybe even first three, I thought he was pretty good defensively in this series. And in that game last night, I thought he took a major, major step back. And that's what I mean about concern by Murray. Just that he's already exhausted. 
I mean, there's two ways to look at this that this playoff run and will, sore you will play yourself into shape but the other one is like is it gonna get less exhausting less daunting you know <laughs> no it's not like we're so i just i thought he that was what was alarming to me was how quickly into that game he looked totally gassed and run down and it, and it affected him on both ends i thought and listen we're two games removed from him dropping 40 so i'm not but i do thought a lot of what went wrong last night on both ends started with 27. yeah and to the thing about the conditioning is I do think you come back home now again it's game by game how well do you fight through it some of conditioning is honestly mental fatigue and this is where they like when you have that monster of we're up against the wall chasing yep. you yep. you just over you're mentally tough enough to fight through it when you're up three games to zero maybe you're not quite mentally tough enough right. to give it your 100% and fight through it and I think there's a lot of that and then the other thing is I just think all of the Nuggets are going to be in better shape in round two because they went through round one yeah. and became tougher. I mean, you're talking about elite-level athletes that are... I mean, to say he's out of shape is... I mean, the, in the yeah. context of real life is hilarious, but, like, elite-level athletes can really... Like, their conditioning can really be affected by a week. A he's, week he can be out of... Yeah, he can be... He's out of shape like a marathoner that only got his race done in 2.15. Exactly. Like, I'm kind of out of shape right now. Exactly. But, it, I mean, like, it's like, it, it. you know, that last, like, little bit, it is difficult to maintain and it's yeah. easy to lose yep. but it's also you know it's not that impossible to regain like fairly quickly right. for somebody at that I, agree. I can't wait to be that out of shape man oh bro dude my brother was this way he did distance running and he would be like haven't run in 18 months and i went today and i did a five minute mile yeah, felt so like, bad did you say five you're like what five? you're like did you 15 you're like you finished was it downhill yeah you yeah. finished a mile <laughs> that's incredible yeah. my brother's ridiculous um let me get a couple more here before we go to break cool. I, the nuggets didn't go from one action to the next very smoothly in this mm. game and i think that's another part of it again some of this is fatigue some of this is focus and execution but there was a lot of run or kick and roll you know it doesn't work you gain a half step advantage throw the ball back everybody kind of stops for a second defense gets reset then you go to another action it's like that's not how it works. You gain a half step here, half step there, and then by the end of it, you're a half, a step here's, and a half up. Here's here a step, here's a step, every half every step. step. There are also a lot of possessions where they only had about nine seconds to run it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. It, I honestly that's true. thought that was a part that of that as well. Man. And then Anthony Edwards, Aaron Gordon, when I went back and watched it, obviously knowing that the, um, the final blow was a step back that he bit on, I think he got... He bit on like four of those throughout the course of the game. Yeah. Like I think Ant kind of knows that he can get Aaron Gordon on that. It, by the way, he's so quick yeah. that that step back, like one dribble step back, it's like Austin Rivers times two. Know. <laughs> you know how Austin Rivers does it. But I, Ant, Ant does it like twice as fast somehow. The other thing about slowing Ant, which Denver has to do a better job of, and there are adjustments to be made. It's it's the coach's job. It's also like man, we're watching a bona fide number one pick evolve into exactly. a, there's. There's there's a, a fair amount of good luck stopping right. that as well. Oh, yeah, now he's a flawed player who can be schemed and stopped, but sometimes sometimes you do have to tip your hat. This kid has been awesome. I know this is like Minnesota's right now. They're like, all right, so all we gotta do is slow down Jokic. Right. right. Uh, so what we'll do is uh, quarters off that uh, game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff, the Jeff Aaron Gordon front court has been really good defensively, but really bad on the glass. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that surprise, surprise, but that's a part of it. But to give AG some props, he had like eight dunks in this game. All of his buckets were dunks, he, and he muscled through a lot of contact for dunks. They, they were like big boy dunks. He was also a plus two in the loss because his bench minutes have been really good. Yeah. yeah. I think Gordon, I gave him like a C plus, I think, because the ant thing really stuck out in my mind. But throughout this series, I think he's been solidly in that B range of... 
of there's there's stuff you could ask for if you're greedy, but I think well, he's mostly done his job. Well, who's having a, the worst series of every of both teams right now? Carl Anthony Towns. I give Aaron Gordon a lot of credit for yeah, that. Yeah. He's done it. Even though he's fouled, he's done a very good job on that. All right, let's take a break. On the other end, I got some keys for Jamal Murray against Nikhil Alexander-Walker, as well as a couple other notes here about the uh, game and some adjustments Denver can make. Illegal Pizza is super dope. I like to go there when I'm hungry oh. and when I'm trying to hang out with my buddies. As D-Line pointed out, I'd usually have to invite them first. Yeah, bring the buddies. They're not just hanging out there waiting B- It's a real me. BYOB situation. But sometimes, sometimes I go and it's like, man, buddies and burritos, <laughs> let's get a beer too. What a treat. Um, some t- Maybe you're a margarita folk. Uh, they have margaritas too. It's super dope. You also don't even have to go to Illegal Pete's to eat Illegal Pete's. Here's a life hack. Throw a graduation party. They'll Ooh. cater it. If you go to catering.illegalpete's.com, you can throw the coolest graduation party in your class. Everyone else, they're gonna have their parents catering. Oh, that. dude! And then you can you do that thing where you uh, you tell everyone like, "Oh, check out my diploma," and it looks like a curled up piece of paper. It's a taquito. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Look at my diploma. It's a what? delicious taquito. Check it out. <laughs> Make dreams come true at your graduation party with Illegal Pete's. Go to caring.illegalpete's.com. Classic. Uh, graduation here oh, classic stuff <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top rated sportsbook and they're also an official betting partner of the NBOF the National Basketball Association it's playoffs time if you ain't noticed yet that means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook is happening and new users can get in on it with a $5 pregame money line bet score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins Make sure you use promo code DNVR when you sign up. If you've already signed up, get in on a no sweat same game parlay. Take Dev's advice, you'll probably win. If you don't, you're going to get a $10 free bet back because DraftKings has your back. Download the app now. Sign up with code DNVR. Again, new customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet, score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPANY or text HOPANY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. What do we? What's so funny over there, Kyle? Uh Brennan said HOPANY instead of HOPE NEW YORK. Is it Hope New York? Hope New York. the second time I've said yeah. Hoppany. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? If you, if, you know, if you know uh, Western New York, Hoppany very much sounds like a place. It sounds like a place. Yeah. New York. Uh, I really thought that was a place. Poughkeepsie. Hope New York. Yeah, it's Hope. Poughkeepsie, Hoppany. Hope. Hope. Schenectady. Right. Schenectady. Schenectady. <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right, back here. Segment three, DNVR Nuggets podcast. Um, so I will say this. One thing is... I don't want to give Nikhil Alexander-Walker too much credit yeah, as much as I've down. been wa- raving Chill about out. it. Well, I think it's a combo. I think it's the combo of him and Rudy Gobert because you have Gobert in help side protecting the paint, and he's a very good rim protector, and he's just smart. Again, a lot of dumb players on Minnesota, but he is a smart one. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker, that, that duo. So I think part of how does Murray handle Nikhil has a lot to do with, well, can you get Gobert out of the picture? So mm. some of the attack for Denver is, as I mentioned, using Aaron Gordon a little bit smarter. Denver has liked to go to him as a ball handler a little bit. I don't know if I necessarily love that as a solution, but I do think there is a lot of things you can do to put Gobert in off-ball screen navigation. So if you get 
Aaron Gordon screening for Michael Porter off, you know, can Gobert just sink into the paint and wait for that to happen? He probably has to come up to at least show or this or that. And I think Denver can use some of those actions to their advantage. Um, but number two, Murray has to get to the rim. I think a lot of what's going, like he's a lot stronger than Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And in the times when he can get downhill, he's been effective. But there's a lot of, like Murray is a very good footwork scorer. He gets to his step back. He gets to sidesteps. He gets to little shot fakes and this or that. When you're playing a guy who is so light on his feet, this is the thing about Nikhil Alexander, is even if you beat him, he recovers really, really quickly. And he has that length. Those little sidesteps and step backs become contested jumpers, right. which is what they've been. So I think getting to the rim is a key, but it's a two-part thing. One, it's Murray being aggressive going to the rim, not settling for the jumper. And two, it's getting Gobert out of the paint so he's not just blocking him off. I think Denver can accomplish both things. I'm curious you know, how much putting the ball in Aaron Gordon's hands to start some actions changes things in your mind. They're going to go under a lot of the screens. I don't. I honestly don't think it's as much that. I think it's a lot more of a get Murray off ball and get him coming off of pin downs that Gordon okay. is a part of. Because yeah. So if you think about a pin down with two guys, you could do a double pin down, a strong pin down. Usually there's one guy in the corner and two people setting the screen. The second guy is usually the one that has to show. So your first guy in this example would be like Michael Porter Jr. And the second guy, or KCP, and the second guy being Aaron Gordon – Gobert can't just sit in the paint. He's going to have to step out at least for a second just to show on it while the Nikhil Alexander-Walker navigates all of these screens. Otherwise, you're going to get a switch, which you don't want. So I think that's going to be a big part of it is getting him running off of actions like yeah. that and then having the triggers immediately after that so he can't just like show and recover and, and get back to the paint. But again, Denver hasn't gone to any of these things. Denver has been more or less running their base offense right? because they have if you're winning, why, right. why make an adjustment? Yeah, exactly. and, and to that point... Kind of what I was getting at with if you're into silver linings, I know not everyone is, how that loss can be beneficial, right? If they lose that game and you see these adjustments in game five, was it the worst thing in the world, you know, to, to right. see it and, and see some film and have these conversations before round two? Because um, there's going to be more more challenges to come. And then secondly, I think Aaron Gordon has been a beast offensively when Gobert's not out there. Mm. So they play these staggered lineups. And we forget that the thing that makes Aaron Gordon so dynamic is he's stronger than everyone that's not a big. But right, right now he's not because right. Gobert's stronger and yep. longer. But whatever it is, Torian Prince or somebody like that, he is just absolutely abusing him. And I was thinking about this here. Gobert is better defensively and a tougher challenge for Jokic than, D than Aiton is. I think by a lot. Like Aiton, I'm very curious to see it. We're going to see it next round. But Gobert is at least like a really, again, I just have a lot of respect for him. Even though Jokic kind of cooks him, it still takes a lot out. And he also does a bunch of other things on the court. He can both guard Jokic yeah. and the paint in a way that is as productive as you can imagine against Jokic. I don't think Aiton is that at all. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is an interesting one because coming into the series, I'm not sure I would have said he would be meaningfully better than Torrey Craig or Josh Akogi. But I kind of think he has been. And so I wonder if easier matchup for Jokic in the next round, mm -hmm. easier matchup for Murray, even though it's a tougher team, individually, Denver, I think, should have an easier time. And then Aaron Gordon. Oh, my God. Aaron he's Gordon. the one that ultimately, like, if they try to stretch you out and play some of their small, like, wingier players, Aaron Gordon is way bigger than all of their guys other than Biombo and Aiton, who they're not going to play together. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I put this on the timeline a couple of days ago and, and got chastised for getting ahead of myself that Aaron Gordon's going to have a huge series in the, in the second round if they meet, match I, up with the Suns. Like, I think you're right. That's, that is where I look at the, the weak link in the front that the uh, sons are able to present like if they put 
if they get Durant on him, if they get Booker on him, if they get Tory Craig on him, if they it's just like you go down the list, you're like, yeah, he can get he can abuse him, he can abuse him. Josh Akogi, he can abuse him. Like there's just they're all, not gonna put a Kogi on. Him. I just mean yeah. like you get switched up, like yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. all of these scenarios, like all of the there's so many players that if. Ag finds himself being himself being guarded by. He will absolutely be able to take advantage, and we saw. I mean, Ag had a monster game against the Suns. Granted, it, Jamal Murray wasn't playing, but like that Christmas game was like one of the biggest showcases for Ag we've seen. I don't really see it being any different. I see him being able to get to the rim a lot. Him being able to uh, cut. Him being able to receive passes. Jokic being unlocked. It's going to be a completely. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, obviously. But um, but that yoke to Gordon connection has yes. stood out in the rare minutes when they're not playing against right. a Twin Towers lineup. Yes. And Denver, of course, is winning in the margins in other ways. But yes. I think in that specific way, it'll be better. And the other thing, too, is all things considered as a starter on a contender, Gordon's going to come out of this round relatively untaxed, I think, compared to some of Phoenix's players who are logging 43, 44 minutes. It's true. Like Kevin Durant is going to have to guard one of Gordon or Jokic sometimes, right? At right. times. Yes. That's not going to work. And no. when it's Gordon, I just think he needs to be A, active, but B, physical as hell, man. Yes. You know, those guys should Both be those exhausted. Guys. So Jokic and Gordon should just absolutely abuse Kevin Durant. And, and I think that it's a little underrated how dominant Jokic is even against Gobert when there's not a secondary big out there. Yes. Like in this series, those brother and just looking at Aiton, who has had good series in the past, but again, a lot of length on that team in in prior iterations that's not there anymore. And I just look at it and go, I Denver's gonna have a hard time on the other end of the floor. I think their defense is gonna be rough, but offensively, I just look at this and go, I think Yoke's in line for a monster series next round. I think Aaron Gordon's in line for a monster yeah. series next round, and I think Jamal Murray is in line to have an easier series than he's had this one. And you know who knows, man? We've like the one time he's seen. had the easy matchup in the series, he went for forty. So we've always seen Jamal Murray rise to the occasion to play against Devin Booker. Right. Yeah, man, this can be cool if we see these adjustments. It could be fun. What I'd like to see them do is uh, beat the Wolves first. They do need to. And one note I have on it's here, good, good you know, <laughs> I've talked about how concerned I am about Denver in the pick and roll. Denver, it just requires so much energy and effort for them to play it well. They didn't bring that in game four, but I think they will in game five. It's why I think Denver wins game five, um, probably by seven or eight. Like, I think, it, I think it'll, I don't know if this will necessarily be a nail biter. If Denver approaches this game the way they need to, I think they'll get it good. But I am a little worried. <coughs> I am a little worried about this specific setup that the Wolves were able to find in overtime a couple different times. Switch Michael Porter onto the ball. Put Jokic Porter into the pick and roll and put Jamal Murray as the low man in the corner who's the help side. When he's the helper, and part of this is, again, it's just so fatiguing. That's the most ground you have to cover. And late in the game, they got a wide – maybe it was overtime or maybe it was late in the game. They just got wide open dunks off of that exact thing. And I don't even think it was necessarily bad defense from Jokic and Porter as much it was – those guys naturally have a little bit of a struggle, but if Murray is way late or just doesn't read it or is in the corner putting his hands on his knees because he's so tired, that's where that trio becomes terrible. Your two best defenders are essentially out of, not on the ball or in help side. They're in right. secondary help, but you right. never get to that because Murray's not rotating quick and Porter, Jokic are just so limited. So those are some of my notes, but I think Denver's going to be a lot more locked in in game five. I think Denver has more adjustments to make. I think coming back to altitude and and all these things, I don't expect Minnesota to lay down because I think Anthony Edwards no. is a prideful guy. They yep. have enough young players that have energy over there, but I do think there's something too. Denver can do their work early in this game. 
to where it, all of a sudden now this is not a team that can necessarily be yeah, yeah this is not a team that can necessarily be like hyper aggressive they're gonna have to start launching threes and doing this kind of stuff and i just think it can snowball for denver in a good way in game five all right let's take a break on the other side we'll go around the association Ooh. talk about some of these other teams with you might be with us here for game five at the dnvr bar you better Colfax be in york you might be at home ball yeah. arena wherever you're at try to get yourself a mile high city golden Ale, it's Ooh. that uh, retro look with a new fresh taste. It's the new official Denver Nuggets beer at Breckenridge Brewery, which is the official beer of DNVR, by the way. We love Breck. We love the Nuggets, which is why we love the Mile High City Golden Ale. It's delicious. And you can leave that can or that case up as a decoration in your man or woman cave. You don't have to do that either. You can just drink it. Uh, Recycle the, it afterwards. Use the Breck Beer Locator. Tell it where you live. Tell it what you're looking for. It will tell you where to go. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Check them out. They're our friends. The beer's good. And they're Colorado, and we love Colorado. Yeah, dude. All righty. We back. Final segment. We back. I don't know if you guys have been watching other basketball teams. I don't care. I have, actually. Let's just go through the NBA and talk about some of the trends we see. The Heat are up two games to one on the Milwaukee Bucks, who are bringing back Giannis. Now, some of the things that are being reported and, and kind of whispered is that Giannis wanted to come back in game three, and the team was like, no, you're not. Which is always an interesting one when a player wants to play and the team is being overly cautious. Of course, you understand that's a guy they want to have around for a long time. But I look at this and I go, Miami's not a good team. No, they're not. But they're such a matchup for a team like the Bucks, who, by the way, have lost Giannis. Worst defensive rating in the playoffs so far. Remember they had Drew Holiday, first team all defense. They had Brooke Lopez, who's defensive player of the year candidate. And yet they're giving up the worst defensive rating to the Miami Heat. Yeah, that's one, not great. I got a couple takes on this. One, I think Eric Spolster is one of the great coaches in the NBA and one of the best playoff coaches. And the this is the thing about the Miami Heat. They're never good at anything, but they're very good at like knowing what they need to do, simplifying the game plan, and then executing it. And I just feel like this is why they always they always suck and they always make deep playoff runs. I hate it. Also, they could that's, have 150 points, and I would be disgusted by that offense. Oh, the the Milwaukee one? No, the Heat. Oh, the Heat. They could oh, have of course. 200 points, and I'd be like, I don't want to watch this. But man, we talk about playoff Jamal, you know, being a real thing. Playoff Jimmy, man. Playoff Jimmy is the ultimate thing. It's that dude so is not a good offensive funny, player, dude. and he's like the number one offensive player in the playoffs right now against the number one defense. <laughs> Those threes that he does not hit for 82 games. Yes. Oh, and, and then, then there, he's then he, MPJ in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Celtics up on the Hawks three games to one. Yeah. I don't really have any notes on this one because, to be honest with you, I haven't really watched it. Here's what's up, though. The Celtics, yeah, I know someone who's watched Celtics it. are going to play the Sixers, and, like, what do I do with my hands? You have, man. What do you do with your hands? Who are you going to go for? Ah. Uh, who are you going to go for? Ah. Uh, I think. Put it, oh, don't make it. me say put it. it who is it going to be? Put it on put wax. It on, put it on. Put right it on now, your, sometimes you don't know until a game's happening. I agree. And you're kind of like, wow. Here's how I anticipate feeling. Okay. okay. I love okay. this. Boston yeah. cannot win this title, but I will accept Boston knocking Philly out. Ooh. Here's the thing, man. We're doing like a little haters ball thing here. Embiid's never made the conference finals. Yeah. yeah. And I just want that to continue. And I kind of think it will, man. I just kind of feel like there's something to it. Like if. I don't want to have to tip my hat to Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate the Celtics too, man. Not as much as you do, but I hate them not far that far off. This one's an easy one for me, man. <laughs> Celtics and four. Let's go, baby. I think I'm pulling for the Celtics. I think I'm pulling <laughs> for the Celtics. Where are you at, Eric? Laking ball. What's yeah, up? Yeah, I don't, I don't have... Uh, I have to constantly uh, remind everyone that I have no feelings of uh, acrimony oh, yeah. against the Celtics. I you should, though. I Should I? I mean, why? Who cares? Like To me, they don't exist. Okay. 
Like they're not part of my world. You know what I mean? Like so I can't I like I want to spend all of my hate towards the Lakers, uh the Jazz. Did you're already getting the like I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but a Lakers Celtics finals would be the perfect thing for oh, this that started for the, this NBA. That started at the dude, this, to begin the season. Lakers the, Warriors in the next round. Like, can we get Suns Lakers? Can you imagine how great that oh would be? Lakers God. like all these storylines, and you're like, God damn it, man, this is so lame. It's so lame, and it's even the smart people that are like, you know, it would be really good for the league if we can get. And you're like, who gives an f about the good of the? What is actually good for the league? What uh, do we mean? What's actual good for the parody? League? Yeah. Huh? Like, actually, no, I'm just, I'm the, just saying, is it good that the, I think they're being like ratings and money. And part of mean. me is like, is it the league better if there's more money in it or more ratings? I don't know, man. The league might be better with less of those things. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, the, yeah. No, the thing is, is that we they, need these guys to make 200 million. But a like contract, what people, then what people build the, these ideas off of our old ways of thinking, like old construction where, Back in the day, the league was not that popular. Right. And we so, have to grow it. So we have to grow it. But so like the places where there's lots of people, that brings in more money, like Los Angeles. But if you actually get all of the country involved, right. you can look at it like, I don't know, NFL football, right, where right. it's actually good for the league if the Cleveland Browns are good. Right, right. It's like, so true. You got, like, this idea of it being good, that the Lakers oh, make it, I, always, I, like, they're so always dumb. like, oh, it's, it's so, it's, it's, yeah, basketball is so much better when the Knicks are good. Is basketball better right now because the Knicks are good right now? I know. <laughs> no, but Knicks fans are great. That's what people are trying to say, and they just they take it to the most annoying version it's, of the take. It's absurd. Um, I love that comment, though. If Philly makes the finals and loses, they will have lost four consecutive championship final games in one season, and like in one calendar year for, across all the sports. That would be great. That would be. I wouldn't cool. mind it, especially if it happened at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. That Woo! would be that would be the be brightest timeline. Um, the 76ers beat the Brooklyn Nets. We joked about this yesterday, but man, that defensive performance without Joel Embiid really makes you think. <laughs> Just really makes you think. Um, I don't. Do you buy the 76ers? No, I don't. Not buy them, but I also like. I know that they are not as good as they can be reported to be. Like you can, if you consume NBA basketball via Twitter, um, you would think that Joel Embiid was unstoppable. James Harden was a complete renaissance. They're, they have pieces that all works together. And then you watch them, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Joel Embiid doesn't even seem to be trying to make these baskets. He's just falling down and throwing the ball up, looking for a foul. Like, um, There's a lot of things you're like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, They show some. Sometimes you, you watch them for a little while, you're like, okay, they're kind of scary. And then other times you watch them, you're like, they are they're, very they're some cold. grifters, man. They they're are some grifters. grifters. Yeah, yeah really I mean, are. I don't want to say, you know, are the Sixers doomed? Like they, did, <laughs> they did sweep the Nets. They're the so only team that swept. They're the, the only teams that, that swept. And they should get credit for that. I do yeah. have my, I think, reasonable, nuanced doubts about them making a deep run. A lot of it. There's only this, one team, though, right now. And this is not me trying to, like, hate. Just a reality that has already set in. And beat is already hurt, man. I mean, that's yeah. just not... They're early in this run, so I think there are plenty of doubts about them, but I also, I'm like, I got indignant when people were doubting the Nuggets up 3-0. Like, the Sixers swept, so I got yeah, it. Yeah, they get it. Um, Knicks beating the Cavs right now three games to one. This one's been kind of a bummer because I like the Cavs. I don't necessarily care for the Knicks. Julius Randle, not one of my favorite players to watch. I haven't watched that series. Me neither, actually. I should say I haven't watched this one. You know, I'm just like some highlights here and there. Word on the street is that it's a severe coaching beatdown, though. Yeah. 
Not that I have really those not things. Paid those close things pick attention. up momentum on Twitter, those and then takes, they, like, yeah, yeah then they kind of get going. Yeah. But nonetheless, I haven't watched it, so what can I say? Um, right now, the Lakers lead the Grizzlies two games to one. Man, I am so disgusted in the Memphis Grizzlies. I have never like. I thought it was really. I actually appreciated Dylan Brooks's antics after. Really. I just like that he called out LeBron James. Nobody, everyone's scared to do this. This has never happened before. Like, I kind of like that it's like, okay, the old lion is, uh, you know, kneeling down and the young pride is swelling up to take his spot. And I, but then they came out and I was like, oh, that's not you though. Like, no, that's like the warthog calling out the that's old the lion. Problem. Is that, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's like, no, I'm king of the jungle. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's the problem is that like, then they turned in the most deeply pathetic performance I feel like I've ever watched. Like, they got punked so bad. Like, I lost every bit of respect for the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, they they should just, they, they should quit. Like, Do you know the moment done. I knew that they were not about it? I mean, there's been a lot of these. But there was a time earlier this year where someone asked John Morant about Dylan Brooks's shot selection. And he responded, he's like, listen, man, we don't care. And I remember thinking, you should. Yeah. Like, there is something to, like, we believe in all of our guys. But there's also something to, that's not your job. Yeah. And they're a team that's like, oh, Dylan Brooks wants another ISO in the clutch. All right, we I, don't care. You should, man. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> I can't imagine watching that, like rooting for the shots he takes are horse shit. Yeah. They're horror. It's not just that he misses them. He takes horrible shots. Yeah. I do think that they are missing a couple key players. That needs to be stated. Um, their season kind of went down a weird route at the end there. I think Adams and Clark would make a big difference for them. But... This is a weird year. Like, Dude. I think if you're a Grizzlies fan, not that long ago, you're probably thinking, how come no one's picking us to win a title? We right. look good. Defense yeah. looks good. And now I think you're having a hard time lying to yourself about that. Um, the series of the playoffs, Sacramento and Golden State locked up 2-2. Two to two. And De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron, is he out or questionable? He broke his finger. Yeah, so He's did Kobe. Thoughtful. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think that'll hurt his shooting. Well, yeah, especially his shooting's been so hot. That's what I mean. I mean, that they've been, that's, his shooting and his clutch shooting, his late game shooting, his deep shooting has Doubtful been for game what has won the, the Kings the games that they've won. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think they're in big trouble right now. I they are. At the same time, the Warriors are just that team that's becoming the Warriors again, man. I don't think they're fully there, but they have pockets of it where you're just like, they got to do it on the road. They got to see it on the road. They literally have a lot of questions. But you're right, though. I, I have never been more confounded by a team than. This year's Golden State Warriors, they cannot they cannot win on the road. It is remarkable. Remarkable. But they've had possessions. I know what you mean. They've had possessions where I'm like, ah, fuck. You just try to think oh, about totally. how would Denver look against the ball moving not the great. way it is, and you're like, not fuck, great, not Bob. good. Yeah. yeah. We're struggling with like zero passes. In right, but then, right. But then it's like, okay, who's stopping Jokic? Of course. You know, they of course, they also have the non-Steph minute problem, which is where a lot... Because they, they still do the Golden State avalanches, but in the past then they would further separate in the bench minutes. And like this group, I think like they'll do the Warriors thing and you look up and you're like, oh, we're only down five. And it's because when Steph isn't playing, like they're terrible. I think the Kings have have recused themselves well in the series. Like if they lose the way I think Warriors are going to win it. I actually think Warriors are coming out of that side of the Western bracket. Yeah. Kings but, have my respect though. But Kings, like I just have nothing but respect for them. I love yep. the way they play. And I will say one thing, and everybody's kind of talking about this, but 
you really see the difference between Yoke and Sabonis in this series oh, because yeah. Sabonis is just so much more limited by Kevon Looney, let alone Draymond. And you watch Yoke and just like how he gave both of those guys all they could handle. Yeah, I pray we get a Nuggets Warriors Western Conference Finals because I just think that series to me is so fascinating. And we talk about Denver every round getting better. That's the series that will either they'll lose and the Warriors go on again to win the West for like <laughs> however many times, which or the Nuggets will become the best version of themselves by the end of it. And I just want that one so bad because I think Denver would. I actually think Denver's ready for the Warriors at their peak. Man, and I hope we get it. Denver is in this place where it's because we're coming off a loss right now. So it feels a little bit down. But like we don't know how good they are. Like uh, They don't know how good they we, are. They have shown us moments this season, moments in this playoff series a little bit like it, in the first game, I'll say, where you're like, Oh, but oh, baby, I'm oh, baby! Right. The thing about the Kings, man, I am, I'm, I am equally as in on Fox now going forward as I am out on Sabonis. So crazy how that's how, how I, that's played I hate out. To just be so like, I don't want to be toxic about it. Like if he figures it out, has some great games, sick. But some of this is tough matchups, though, man. I, but said, I know, but he's not an entirely non-shooter, and they're just like, oh, take the fifteen know, footer. Yeah. We don't give a he's shit, good and he doesn't it. want to. Yeah, dude. like that's. He's supposed to be more skilled than I'll that. say this, though. I think the Kings are better now than they were 10 days ago when, before the playoffs started because of this thing. They they rose to the occasion in those yes. first two games. Yeah. And even in these last two, they almost rose to the occasion in both of them. So it's like I look at that and say they're better. And I just think Denver, same thing's going to happen to Denver where they're going to lose some painful ones, but it's going to push them to this zenith that I would just mm. love to see. And it would happen right before the finals. So if you win it, you go into the finals with that momentum at your back. It would be great. And then the Suns leading the Clippers three games to one. Um, the Phoenix Suns continue this miraculous run of they really are like um, we have to get this done, man. We have for to the, for the good of basketball. Like what the f what's going on, man? This is like Game of Thrones where uh, the Red Priestess like curses all of the his foes and they all die. So he never actually has to go to battle with them. That's how I feel with the Suns. They just have somebody in there throwing the little worms on the fire oh. so that they never have to oh, be challenged. Two more stars are out. That's crazy. Yeah, like, oh no, the, the, the curse came in. It was like, no Paul George. And it's like, man, what a bad break for the Clippers. But then the Clippers won and they're like, all right, hold on. No Paul, no Kawhi Leonard either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Too close. Throw I in know. the towel. I hope. So both of those games happen. I will say this, the odds, if Denver loses or if Phoenix loses, it hurts their odds in the next round, I think, a meaningful amount. So if Denver wins and Phoenix loses, I think you should feel great if you're Denver because Chris Paul has to go back out there, his old ass, drag himself up and down the court, and I think it'd be great. Vice versa, if Murray has to go out there looking all hobbled and has to go back to Minnesota for another game, I'd just be a little bit more nervous. Any other thoughts about these playoffs? I'm, I'm just as excited, you know, as I was before yesterday. And actually more after this show because it's... We just use the word adjustments. It's cool to hop on with Mares on a notebook episode and hear what the actual adjustments are. And I think there's something to this notion that Denver's kind of been in like the base gear. Yeah. This is good enough. We don't need to we don't need to show you the full kitchen sink. And I'm excited to see how they respond. Still think this team's really good, man. And also the Wolves are a mess, but sweeping is hard. The Golden State Warriors couldn't sweep the Nuggets without Murray or Porter, and they won the title. You know, right. so it's you lose a game. No, it's, it's rare. about how you respond. I mean, it, yeah, it's rare. Sweeping is is pretty rare. No, I, uh, you know, I I feel. I mean, I'd like to just like I don't. I, I, I'm I'm finding it very hard to not get too far ahead of myself 
with these playoffs. It's something. It's a lesson we need to learn. It's a lesson we know. Uh, but it's you know like the Nuggets have looked so good, um, and it's hard to imagine them not getting past this Minnesota team. But like you know they've got business at hand they need to take care of um the table is set for a pretty remarkable night at ball arena um to see you know them close out a team hopefully uh and move on to the next stage um the nuggets are ready for this you know we've been prepping for it for now i feel like 10 years um so it's like now it's it's let's it's do it let's go like i want to i want to see their their highest heights close out game five tomorrow we'll of course have pregame show watch alongs which have been a lot of fun and then the post-game show right afterward. Hit that like button for us on the way out. See you. Buff show is up next. Lots Let's of guys go. entering the portal. Some Let's guys go. transferring in. Very interesting day from the Buff uh-huh. show. We'll see you guys over there.